Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. Hey, on your way to your seat, tell somebody, hey, God is good. Look at him in the eye, say, God is good. And now you need to ask him a question, say, how's your ground? Come on, God is good, but how is your ground? How's your ground? Now, I want you to know this, and it might sound obvious when I say it, but God is a speaking God. God wants to speak to you. You, you realize that? And I think it's obvious. However, there are some groups of, of Christians and believers, some persuasions that think that when the scriptures were finished, when the canon was closed, that God stopped speaking. And that's just not true. Like, I don't see that anywhere in God's word, that he has stopped speaking to us. Now, you, you know, they, 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 I might just disagree with them. Uh, I'm not saying they're wrong. Actually, they are wrong. They're just wrong. They're just wrong if you believe that. God is a, a speaking God, and he's always speaking to us through his word, through his spirit, and wanting to reveal some things in our life. If, somebody say if. If we have ears to hear. Like, if we're listening. If we're able to hear the voice of God in our, our life. And how many of you know we need to hear God's voice in our life? Come on, parents in the room. You need to hear God's voice. Speaking to you about your children. Speaking to you about, about schedules and about commitments and about how to, how to raise them. Like if you are, if you're a business owner, you need to hear God's voice, knowing who to fire, who to, who to hire, you know, who, what deal to make or what property to purchase. Like you need to hear God's voice in your life. If you are single and dating, like you need to hear God's voice in your life because he could be telling you, you need to drop that clown. You need to move on. That's not God's best for you. I'm just saying we need to hear the voice of God in our life. And he's trying to speak, but are we listening. And one of the things that I want to help us do in this um, third week of a two-week series, go figure how that works. It always happens every year, by the way. I say we're going to set aside, you know, a couple weeks at the beginning of the year, make ready, get our hearts in a position for God to bless, and then it just goes on to week three. Next week's going to be week four, and so who knows how long this is going to go. But my goal is to pull us away from the distractions and from the, the noises, from all the all the conspiracy theories, all the, all the bombardment of election news. Come on, is everybody already feeling that? Like in the election year, it's already happening. And so all the news about elections and infections and, and all this stuff and truly remove ourselves from it in order to hear God's voice in our, our life. Because what happens is if we race into 2024, and we race into the spring and we race into the, the summer and we race into an election season and we don't press pause. We miss an incredible opportunity for God to shape the direction of this year. And I don't want to do that because I don't know about you, but there is far too much at stake for me not to hear the voice of God. There is far too much at stake in your family. There's far too much at stake in your leadership. There's far too much at stake and injustice is happening in the world for us not to hear from God. And so I'm going to give you a very practical teaching today. Uh, this has probably been the single most transformative understanding in my life. And that is simply this, that God wants to speak. God wants to speak. Like if you're a note taker, write that down. God wants to speak. A.W. Tozer said, it is the nature of God to speak to us. He wants to speak. The question is, are you listening? My grandfather was a Methodist minister in Boaz, Alabama. Y'all didn't know I had some country in me. 
I got some country. I'm a little country. I'm a little gangster. So I was just kind of, I'm like floating in between all of that. But I got a little country in me. He was a Methodist minister for like four to five small Methodist church in the rural country areas. And so he would travel on a Sunday and preach at like, like no less than three on a weekend and just deliver this message. And since they were small churches, they didn't really pay. He couldn't make a living doing that. And so his primary source of income was farming. He's a farmer. And so what he did, he farmed uh, all kinds of things. He had corn, uh, fields of corn. He had some sugar cane. He had watermelons. I remember a lot of watermelons, vegetables, all different sorts of things. But if you know anything about farming, you don't grow the same crop in the same field every single year. You have to rotate the crops. Is that right? You have to rotate. I'm looking at a farmer. You have to rotate the crops. And so that you could, you, you don't overtax the soil. You don't overuse the soil. You don't pull all the nutrients out of the soil because your goal was to have the best crop possible, the best harvest possible. And so one year, if you grow corn on it, the next year you might grow soybeans. And the next year you might just let it lay fallow. You just might give it, give it a breast, you know, so it can produce the, the nutrients that it needs. Because at some point, if there weren't good nutrients in the soil, it would diminish the return on the crop. And obviously for my grandfather and for farmers, that was their source of income. And so they, they depended on having that crop so that they could, you know, sell it to the market for market value. And that way they could live on it until the next harvest season. But you had to rotate the crops. Otherwise the seed would not respond correctly to the soil or wouldn't respond as good as it could. And so the same principle that applies to a farmer's like seeds and soil applies to the condition of our heart when it comes to hearing and receiving the voice of God in our, our life. And so I don't want to get ahead of us today and tell us this is what you need to do in order to hear God's voice because we know that God is speaking. It just might be that we are not listening. It just might be that we don't have good ground in order to receive the seeds that God is depositing into our heart. Does that make sense? So let me, I'll put it this way. Uh, how many of you remember putting tinfoil on your antennas with your TV? If you have no idea what I'm talking about, Google UHF and VHF and tinfoil on antennas, all right? And while you're at it, Google when I was the remote. Because back in the day, I was the remote. My parents would say, change the channel. And so I had to get up and change the channel. But if you didn't put the tinfoil on them to get the, you know, what you were trying to do is dial in the signal so it could be as clear as possible. And the signal was garbage, you know, back in the day. Um, but what you want to do is make sure that you could hear it. And so that's our goal today. We want to position ourselves, get our hearts in a place that's good ground in order to hear the voice of God. Are you with me? All right, look at Luke chapter 8. It says in verse 4, while a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to see Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. What's well, a parable? It's a story with a, a point. It's a story with a purpose. And Jesus was an incredible storyteller. So he said this, a parable, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path. Everyone say path. It was trampled on and the birds of the air came and ate it up. All right, so some fell on a certain a certain soil, the path. The others fell, some fell on rock. Somebody say rock. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, say thorns, which grew up, it choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, say good soil. Good ground. 
That's what we are, are after. It came up, and look at this. It yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. How many of you want a hundred times more of a harvest in your life than what is sown? Like, that's, that's what I want. He's, when he said this, he called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So Jesus is letting us know right away, God's always speaking, but do we have ears to listen? Are we hearing what he is saying? Because there can be a disconnect between God speaking to us and our ability to receive what he is, is saying. He who has ears, let him hear. In other words, there is a personal responsibility to this. So this is not, this is not, hey, just one day I pray and I pray and pray, and one day I'm going to better hear the voice of God. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying that, hey, as I pray, one day I'm going to turn into a super Christian and then all of a sudden I can hear God's voice better or, or one day God's just going to have pity on me and favor me and all of a sudden I'm going to be able to clearly understand the voice of God in my life. That's not what he's saying, right? He, the, he says, if you have ears and I'm looking around, most of us do, whether they're attached lobes or detached lobes, right? That's a, that's a thing. If you have ears, then our responsibility is to listen. God's responsibility is to speak. And how many of you know God does not have a speaking problem? We have a listening problem. Is the soil of our heart, is it good ground for God's voice to be received? So I want to share with you four types of hearts that we see in this text. And then I want us to see how the last one really is the one, uh, the kind of heart God wants us to have in order to hear his voice. Luke 8. Uh, now we go beyond the parable. If you keep reading, Jesus gives us the meaning of it. Sometimes he would do this. Uh, he was selective about who he allowed to hear everything. And so he, he would tell a parable, and it might be a little mysterious. It might be a little confusing, and people wouldn't get it. And then he'd pull aside his guys. He'd say, all right, I'm not going to tell everybody everything, but you guys, I'm going to tell you what this means, which that's a word for somebody in this room today. You don't need to tell everybody everything. Hello, Facebook. Hello, social media. Right? Some of you need to put a filter on it. You need to stop airing everything, putting everything out there. You need a select few. You need some select people in your life that you can trust. Um, but it says this in verse 11. This is the meaning of the parable. He says the seed, look at it, is the word of God. So the seed is the voice of God. No, Colby, the word of God is, is the scripture, is, is the Bible. Yeah, but if you think about it, they didn't have the Bible back then. All they had was oral tradition. All they had was the, the word of God. So he's referring to the actual voice of God. The canon, you know, was not yet completed. And so it says the seed is the word of God and those along the path. That first, the first uh, soil are the ones who hear. Okay, they hear the word of God. The path is our hearing. That's the soil um, where our heart is, and the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts. Now, earlier in the parable, it said a bird. It said a bird came and snatched it. A bird came and ate it up. It could have also said a cat came and ate it up because they're both from the devil, just saying. So it doesn't really matter what they said. Now, don't email me on that because I don't care, really. You just have to figure this out for yourself. Cats were created after the fall of man, so I don't know what that says, but it says something. The devil comes and he takes away the word from their hearts so that, look at this, they may not believe and be saved. That's his goal. That's been his goal from the beginning. You need to know the, the Bible is God's redemptive plan that he set into motion 
from the foundations of the earth. And ever since then, the enemy has been trying to hurt God by hurting you and keeping you from coming into a relationship with God. That's his whole goal in this whole thing. And so the first heart condition that we see, write this down, is the deprived heart. And here's why I call it the deprived heart, because whenever a a seed is deposited, a word is deposited into your, your heart, the enemy comes and he snatches it and he robs it. In fact, that's why some of you, like you can come to church and then as soon as you walk out of those doors, you're like, what was that about? Like, well, I forget, you know, what was it? Because the enemy does not want those seeds to get deposited into your life and produce fruits. So you can have the, the favor of God in your life. So you're robbed, you're cheated. You are, are deprived of that word that was dropped into your heart. And there's a couple of different ways that our hearts get deprived. Uh, one of them, just to throw it out there, is our hearts are deprived because of our own sin in our life. Now, this isn't the church. This isn't the environment you know, that you walk in here and we try to beat you up with how, you know, bad we are and how messed up we've been. This is a very life-giving church. I want you to know that. Like, I'd rather speak to your potential than to your past. God cares way more about who you're becoming than what you've done. Are you with me? Like, we believe that God is a good God and we want to speak good things over your life. Like, we want you to leave here encouraged and built up. We believe that you don't have to endure church, that you can enjoy church. And so we believe that with all our whole heart. However, that does not mean we won't tell you the truth. In love and in grace, and the truth of our condition is we are sinners. But because of Christ, we have been made new, and he creates in us a clean heart. So we have now been covered by his sacrifice, but until that sin has been covered in our life, we are deprived. We're deprived of it. And it's the goal of the enemy to prevent you from entering into a relationship with God. So what happens is whenever a word of God is dropped into your life or or maybe God is calling you and you know you you feel the the knuckles of God on on your chest. He's knocking on on the door of your life saying, hey, like if you just surrender your life to me and I'll I'll come in and I'll, I'll power wash your soul and make you you new. But whenever that word is dropped into your heart, the enemy comes and he robs it because he wants to keep you in that place of deprivation. And so again, this is not the, you're a dirty, rotten sinner part of the message. You know, this is not, you know, you better turn or burn. You've ever been to one of those churches? Turn or burn, baby, you know, kind of thing. Now I've been there too, but what I've realized is through God's word, he says, I'm valuable, I'm loved. He would not have gone through the lengths that he went through to reach me and to reach you. He says that I'm chosen, I'm called. He says I'm the head and not the tail. I'm not from, you know, beneath, I'm from above. He says I'm blessed coming and I'm blessed going. So all those things are true about you as well. However, you know it's also true about me. Even from that position in Christ, being made right with Christ, I can still do things that are contrary to God's will for my life. Even from there, I can still do things that are contrary to his purpose, contrary to his, his standard that he set forth in his word for my life. And when I do things that are contrary to his will for my life, you know what God's word calls that? Sin. It means I'm going this way when God wants me to go this way. It's as simple as that. It just means I'm missing the mark. I'm not heading in the direction that God wants me to go in. And that's why maybe you've heard this word before, but it's been portrayed as some dirty word. It's the word repentance. Have you heard that before? Repent. 
Some of you are like, uh-oh, honey, here it comes. You're about to get thumped on the head with a Bible. You're not, because can I just give you the definition of repentance? Repentance means I'm going this way, and I'm convicted in my heart that that's not the way God wants me to go, so I turn and go this way. <laughs> that's repentance. And so our sin, our own sin, causes our hearts to be deprived and allows the enemy to snatch the, the word, the seed that God wants to deposit in my my life. And it's this unrepented sin that we carry. But another way our hearts are deprived, check it out, is when we carry offense, is when we hold on to an offense. When someone wronged us or hurt us, we hold on to this bitterness, we hold on to this, this judgment of that person, and we carry it with us because we think by carrying it, we are getting back at them. And by holding it, I'm going to show you, I'm never going to forgive you, and I'm going to show you. And so by holding it, we think we're hurting them. But can I tell you something? They ain't even thought about you. They haven't even thought about you. And the only thing you're doing, you're not blocking them. You're blocking God's ability to speak to you. Because the Bible says if we don't forgive each other, God's not going to forgive us. That's a pretty hefty, you know, word. It's heavy. So by holding on to that, we need to let go of that. But gratefully... And thankfully, 1 John 1, 9, this is the goodness of God. He says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, and he will forgive us and purify us from all unrighteousness. He's a good God, you guys. He's a gracious God. He's like, hey, you're, you're walking this way. Man, that's not where I want you to go. Will you turn? Will you repent? Will you change directions? And will you come do, uh, can you come this way? This, I have a better direction for your life. So the first Soil, the first heart we see is the deprived heart. It's not good ground for us to hear the voice of God. Keep reading. It says in verse 13, those talking about the seeds on the rock. Somebody say rock. So this is the next surface. It says, are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it. That's like some of you on Sunday. When, when, when something is said good, you're like, oh, that's good. Come on, preacher. Preach it, white boy. Or, or whatever you say, right? And, and some of you don't respond that way. You should. Like, you need to work on it. But it's receiving God's word with joy in the moment. You're like, yes, that's for me. That's a word for me. But then what does it say? They receive it with joy, but because they have no root, they believe it for a little while. I came to church for, for a little while. Went to church, you know, three weeks in a row. I went to explore. Week one, I haven't been back. I went to, you know, group three times, whatever it was, for a little while. But in the time of testing, they fall away. Number two, write this down. It's the distracted heart. Because you are not always tempted to sin. A lot of times you're tempted to be distracted. Just distracted. The Bible doesn't say that it fell on rocky ground and they had joy, but it had no root. So then they fell into some dirty, nasty sin. That's not what it says. It just says they fell away. In fact, another translation says, because of the cares of this world, it caused them to, to fall away. They were distracted. And how many of you know there are so many competing, you know, voices for your time and attention? So many things competing for your, your energy. And when you're running from here to there and here to there, it is really hard to be rooted when you're constantly on the run. It's really hard to get rooted when you're moving from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. And some of you have set your life up that way so that your, your busyness like has, has been the solution to your unsettledness. 
So you just want to stay busy. I'm just going to keep running from, from thing to thing to thing. And where there is no root, what happens? It says the wind can blow. And all of a sudden that word is gone. That seed that was deposited in your life is, is gone. And now you can't hear God's voice because you're distracted. And can I tell you, I fight this as well. Like, I'm no different. I have, I have four boys. You know, we got schedules. Some days I feel like the daddy bus driving back and forth and back and forth. Like we have commitments that we have to manage. And, and I have other distractions like you too. I, I want to binge watch some stuff on Netflix from time to time. Maybe you're distracted by, by social media. And, and I get that. There are so many things competing for our time and our attention. You got to go here. You got to do this. You got to resolve that issue. There's this drama that's now forming. And sometimes, I don't know if you feel this way, but it feels like all hell is trying to keep you from hearing the voice of God. You know why that is? Because all hell is trying to keep you from hearing the voice of God. Really is. That's its goal. And could it be the, the reason that we can't hear the voice of God is because we're so busy. I wonder, could it be that we can easily identify the voices of our favorite actors? Oh, that's Mark Wahlberg. I know Marky Mark. You know, I know that voice. Or that's The Rock. You know, I know The Rock. You know when I hear. Or could you easily identify the voice of your favorite singer? Oh, that's the Biebs. I know the Biebs. Or that's Beyonce. I wonder, could you as easily identify the voice of your Savior? And if you could say, man, I know that voice anywhere. But because of distractions, because of the busyness of life, it says it just, it, it, it takes no root. And in order to hear God's voice, you have to turn down the world's volume. And what I've discovered will help you and determine if this is you or not, is the level of desperation that you have to hear God's voice. How, how hungry are you? Because when you are hungry and you really want to do something, you do it. You make time for it. You spend money on it. Like if you really want to binge that thing on Netflix, hey, you're going to put the kids to bed. You're going to pop the popcorn. You're going to be like, nobody mess with me for the next three days. I'm going to watch this whole series. Because what is important in your life gets priority. I wonder if you made hearing the voice of God a priority in your life, what your day would look like. This is why I'm begging you in 2024, man, figure out how to master your mornings. Like seriously, like take time in the morning, 15 minutes, five minutes for prayer, five minutes for worship, five minutes in God's word. I'm telling you, if you would just do that right there alone, it will change your year, I promise you. And by the way, do it with a paper Bible. If you're anything like me, I got nothing against version and the Bible app, anything like that, but I can be on the Bible app and an email pop up and 20 minutes later, I'm still stuck in email. Anybody else like that? Like I'm just, I'm just going into doing something different. So I recommend doing it on a paper Bible, remove distractions. Here's what Hebrews 12, one says. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything. Somebody say everything. Everything that hinders and, don't miss that, and the sin that so easily entangles. Everything that hinders and sin. So I want to point out that the sin, it says, is separate. It is saying some things that entangle us are sin, but other things that entangle us are simply hindrances. They are distractions. So not everything that entangles you is sin, but not everything that, that is distracting you is good for you. Are you with me? Like it, it doesn't have to be in your life. Is it the, the best thing? Is it helpful to hearing God's voice? So it's not always a sin issue. 
This isn't always like a heaven or hell issue. I don't think God's up there going, man, look at them on Facebook again. Or look at them on Instagram again. I don't think, I don't think that's it, but I think he is up there going, is this the best use of their time right now? Or is this a hindrance? Is this keeping them from, from the, the best, which is hearing the voice of God in their life? If so, if it's a hindrance, a distraction, it says, throw it off. See, sometimes we read the sin that so easily entangles, and we're like, yeah, we got to throw off that sin. But what about distractions? You need to get just as aggressive about throwing off distractions in your life as you do about throwing off the sin in your life. Colby, why do I have to throw it off in order to run my race? Because the Bible says that God's word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. How many of you have ever taken a lamp outside? You know how far you can see in front of you? Like two steps. That's about it. So if I'm going to run a race, it's really hard to run with just a lamp with just God's word, which is why I need to make sure that I am hearing the voice of God in real time in my life, telling me my next step to take. Are you with me? Like we need to hear the voice of God. So remove those distractions. I'm just telling you, the course of your life is not well lit. It's not well lit. And so you better have a guide and you better stay on the heels of the guide. Are you with me? Here's, here's the next one. Keep going. Number three, Luke 8, 14 says the seeds that fell among the thorns, everybody say thorns, stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way are choked by life's worries, riches, pleasures. And right there, you could read those and think, well, that's distractions. That's, that's the, the, the distracted right, right heart. No, actually it says this, and they do not, what's that last word? Say it out loud. This is the undeveloped heart. They don't mature. And I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be harsh about this um, because we're all on a journey. Like some of you, you're, you just walked in for the first time. You're kicking the tires of faith. You're trying to figure this out. Others of you, you've been here for years. Some of you for, for just weeks. So we are all on this journey of faith. Some of us just got here a little bit before you, that's all. But there needs to come a time in your life where you grow, where you mature. And in order to produce maturity in your life, you have to do things that will help you develop. Like you, at some point you have to, I don't know if you, your parents, you, you have children, but I, I can't tell you how many times I've told my four boys at some point in their life, hey, you, some of that stuff, you just gonna have to grow out of. You just gonna have to grow up. Anybody? Here's how Paul says it. He said it this way. There comes a point where we get off the milk of God's word, of the word of God, and we move over to the meat of the word of God. You got to get off the milk at some point and move over to the meat. Um, when my boys were little, I would buy them those, those pouches. You know, like pouches, like baby food pouches of like vegetables and fruits. And like, I remember going to Aldi and putting like a whole cart full of like, you know, 500 pouches because I have like 500 kids. I'm just saying. You're like, you must love kids. No, I love my wife. That's a different, we're going to talk about that in February. That's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but it's fine. It's fine to have a, a one-year-old, two-year-old, you know, sucking on a pouch. I don't want to see a 13-year-old sucking on a pouch. Or a 30-year-old. Like, I'm not trying to send my kids to middle school with pouches in their lunchbox or high school. There has to become a, a time where they grow and develop. Or how about a, a pacifier in an infant? Like pacifiers for babies are fine. 
but you don't want to see an adult walking around with a, a pacifier. I'm just saying maybe it's time to get off the milk and onto the meat. Now, here's what that does not mean, because there are some holier-than-thou Christians who will twist that and say, yeah, getting onto the meat, that means deep. Meat just means deep, so we just have to go deep. Let's go deep, 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 deep. Meat does not mean deep. It simply means you have learned how to feed yourself. That's what it means. It means you are able to take a fork and a knife and get into God's word and feed yourself. If someone's not, not feeding you, someone's not giving you pouches, that you have grown some teeth, you are feeding your own faith. Feeding myself is I'm not being served, I'm serving. That's feeding yourself. That's meat. Feeding yourself is I'm not, I'm not just being poured into, I'm pouring out to others. Feeding yourself is I'm not just simply coming and consuming, I am a contributor. Feeding yourself is I'm not tipping God during the offering, I am tithing. Uh-oh. Because there are people who have said, Colby, we need to be deep, 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 deep. Like they want deep, they cry for deep, but they have never trusted God with a dollar. Just saying. So that does not mean deep. In fact, some of the deepest things you can do are follow the simple truths of God's word. Hey, you guys want to go deep? Let's go deep today. Love your neighbor as yourself. Hold up, hold up. For real. Love your neighbor as yourself. You want deep? Love your wife like Christ loved the church and be willing to give your life up for her. How about this? Honor your mother and your father that it may go well with you. Like that's deep. That's deep. Let's do the simple truth. Let's obey the simple truths of God's, God's word. But there has to be these steps that you and I take that lead to our development and our growth. Because if you had a child, like in parents, you'll, you'll understand this. If by, by age one and a half, maybe, if they weren't starting to, to walk, you'd be concerned. You know, children walk, you know, right around a year, a little before, a little after, whatever. But if they were two years in and they weren't walking, they were just laying around, you would be concerned about their growth and development, rightly so. And if at, at three and four and five years, they weren't running and jumping and climbing everything, even if you didn't want them to, right? Like, you'd be concerned, about their growth and development. Why? Because you know, at some point you'd send them to preschool and they were gonna have to be on their own. At some point they would go to, go to kindergarten and then to first grade and they would have to grow and develop and learn new skills and abilities. And then they go to middle school after that. And then to high school and they'd have to navigate, you know, friendships and relationships and be put in situations they'd never been put into before and how to navigate, how to live out their own identity and who God has created them to be and new skills and all of these kinds of things that they need in order to mature. But you don't think God wants the same for you? God wants to see you reach your full potential in Christ Jesus. God wants you to see, to see your full potential realized in how he created you and wired you. Like we want you to know God, find family, discover purpose, and make a difference. God wants to take you on this journey. But you know how I can tell some of you are still sucking on a pacifier? is because you'll say things like this, I don't hear the voice of God in my life. Okay, well here, we can help you with that. Get on a serve team, get around people. The Bible says you're never as close to Jesus as when you are serving each other. You're never more like him. So serve somebody, sit one and serve one. Nah, I don't wanna do that, feed me. I don't hear the voice of God. Okay, we can help you with that. Get in a group, get yourself surrounded with people, read God's word, pray for one another. Like, like dive into God's word. Nah, I don't wanna do that. Feed me. 
See, some of us, we don't want to do the things that we know will produce maturity in our life. And some of you are doing the same thing that you were doing last year, hoping to have, you know, this year be different, getting different results. And we all know that's the definition of what? Insanity. And so if you want 2024 to be different, then you have to do something different. So you have to grow. You have to mature. And we're helping you, helping you crawl so that you can stand, so that you can walk, so that you can run, so that you can live a, a full life, the life that God's called you to. And just maybe, just maybe, those who serve have figured out something, that when I serve, God does something in me and I'm closer to God. Just maybe those who are in, in a group and community have figured out that when I get together with other believers, iron sharpens iron, and I'm, I'm, I'm better to, in a better place to hear the voice of God in my, my life. Just maybe we're trying to help you mature so that the word doesn't fall and get uprooted in your, in your life where there's no maturity. Because God's always speaking, do we have a heart that's ready to hear? And I believe as you serve others, you'll hear the voice of God more clearly. As you get in community with others, you'll hear the voice of God more clearly in your life. He's just looking for a heart that says, I'm willing to mature. I'll say this and move on. If you're dissatisfied right now with your level of communication with God, then um, maybe it's time to grow up. If you're not happy because your, your ability to hear from God is directly tied to your growth in God. It really is. There's no two ways about it. And so, which is a great segue to say, uh, in the next two weeks, we're launching another round of groups. So step up. Like, let's go. We're doing marriage nights on Tuesday nights. There are small groups that are starting. Uh, there are student groups that are starting. There's Financial Peace University that's starting. If you're trying to get a hold of your, your finances this year, like there's no shortage of opportunities, but maybe God is calling you to even grow beyond that and lead a group and say, you know what? I'll be a leader. I won't just be poured into, I'm going to pour into to others. And if that's you, like go see Gilson. She's going to come up at the end and tell you your next steps there. But meet her at the hub and she'll help you get connected that way. Maturity comes when we stop making excuses and start making decisions to develop. Colossians 2.6 says this. So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue. Someone say continue. Receiving Christ Jesus as Lord. Amazing. Amazing. And we thank God whenever somebody crosses a line of faith. I mean, it's unbelievable. It really is a miracle. You've trusted in Jesus for salvation and the forgiveness of sins. However, that's the starting line, not the finish line. So what does he say? Continue. Don't stop. Continue to live in him, rooted, built up in him, strengthened in the truth as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. I think that's the result of a mature heart is that you are overflowing with thankfulness. Here's the last one, number four. Verse 15 says, but the seed on good soil, everybody say good soil, this is it, stands for those with a noble and good heart. Not a perfect heart, not a heart that, that is not, you know, in, in progress. Listen, we don't, we don't ever promise perfection in here, but we can promise progress. That's our, our goal it's for us to take steps, who hear the word, retain it by persevering, produce a crop. So those that don't quit, that don't give up, those that don't, don't stop short, this is, which is why, by the way, I'm always asking you to take notes, like write this down, because I want you to retain this, because at some point in your life, you're going to need this. 
to help you grow and persevere. Why? Because it will produce a harvest in your life. What, what, what kind of harvest? Maybe a harvest of peace. Maybe a harvest of God's power in your life. Maybe it's a harvest of God's blessings and, and favor in your life. Maybe it's a harvest of discernment. Being able to hear the voice of God better, knowing when to go right, when to go left, when to stop, when to move ahead. Like what, what kind of harvest produce a huge harvest in our life? This is the write it down and then close your notes. A determined heart. And band, you guys can come help me. A determined heart. A determined heart is a heart that's hungry, hungry to hear the voice of God. So this is not the perfect heart. Um, it's the heart that isn't deprived. So it's the heart that has said, I'm going this way. I recognize there's some sin in my life, so I repent of it, and I'm not going to let the devil take that seed away from me. It's the heart that's not deprived. It's the heart that's not distracted. It's the heart that understands the, the, the need to shut out the noises of this world and focus in on and turn up the volume of the voice of God in their life. It's not the immature heart, the undeveloped heart. This is the heart that wants to take steps in growing their faith. This is the determined heart. It's determined. I'm hungry. Because again, it's, it's pointless for me to say, this is how you hear the voice of God. Unless your heart is good ground in order to receive the seeds that he wants to deposit in your life. So how do we do this? We're going to do it right now. Stand to your feet. Because again, I'm not going to preach a message like this without giving us an opportunity to practice it. Like there's, there's no point in having revelation from God unless you're given the ability to exercise out what you have learned, what you have received. So let's do this. I'm going to give us three things that we need to do. First, examine. Everybody say examine. Then exclude. Say exclude. And then expect. expect. So let's bow our heads right here and let's examine. Here's what God's word says in, in Psalms. It says, search me, O God. Know my heart. See if there's anything in me that's causing an offense to you, that's keeping me from you. Any sin that is unrepented sin. And then it says, lead me in the way everlasting. So can you for one second just examine your heart? And the ch chances are, most of us, as soon as we start to examine and ask God if there are things in our life that are keeping us from Him, we know exactly what it is right away. So search us, oh God. And maybe right now take an opportunity just to repent. Say, God, I know I'm going this direction and I'm sorry. And I repent, forgive me. And I'm going to turn and follow you and I know you have something better for me. So just maybe in your heart, in your mind, just do that right now. I repent. And then exclude. There's so many distractions. Right now you're thinking about potentially what's coming next, where you're going to lunch, what you have to do later on. But you didn't walk through these doors just to, just to sit, stand, go home. Like, let's make the most of this time. Remove distractions and say, okay, God, 
want to turn down the volume of the world so I can better hear you. He's a speaking God and he wants to speak. So speak to us, oh God. We're excluding all the distractions. And then expect. God moves in our expectation. As we expect God to speak, I promise you, he, he will. Of course, he'll do it through his word. He'll do it through his spirit in your heart. I've never audibly heard the voice of God. I've asked. But God's spirit gives me impressions in my heart. Just ask him to speak. Maybe he'll speak through a person. Just expect God to speak. So Heavenly Father, right now in this place, we are getting rid of distractions and noise. We want you to examine our heart. Search us, God, so that we can follow you, so that you can lead us in the way that's everlasting. And we're expecting you right now as we worship for you to meet us and speak to us. We want to hear your voice. So we're ready and willing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast. We hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it, so please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com slash yes. There will be some practical resources to help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate, go to elevatechurch.com slash give. Thank you for living generously. We hope you enjoyed this message. Have a great week.